We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the LakersNation.com post-post game show. I'm your host, Sean Davis. You guys can follow me on Twitter or X now at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. This is the show where we dive into all the advanced analytics and X's and O's and talk about what worked, what maybe didn't work. And more oftentimes than not, we do look ahead and preview the upcoming matchup uh, for us, which will be on Christmas Day against the Boston Celtics, unfortunately. Um... We're any super chats. We already got one already submitted, so appreciate you. We're gonna get to any super chats that are submitted live here on the show. And yeah, we're gonna have a fun time. We also have our awards too. We have our um we haven't done it in a while, so I'm trying to remember it here. Spark plug of the night. There we go. That's the name. Spark plug of the night. So make sure you guys put that in the chat when we get to that. But let's start with this super chat really quickly. Hero said, can we be sure to give Bando and Cam the defensive flowers? ADs are anchored, but these guys are the linchpin for sure. SGA guys points, but I'm sure glad uh, I'm sure he's glad this game's over. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bando, Bando Reddish, and then AD, I think, all uh do a great job at holding this defense together. Ryan giving me some flowers. Appreciate you, Ryan. I think Sean Davis is spark plug of the night. Appreciate you. Um Vando, those guys all do a great job defensively. I've talked about this in the past, too, where we're talking about Vando and Cam Reddish. I think they are uniquely different while both being excellent at their roles. I think Cam Reddish is the defensive playmaker. I always like to compare it back to, like, NFL cornerbacks, cornerbacks. Cam Reddish is the ball hawk that's going to get eight picks in the NFL season. And Jared Vanderbilt is just that shut down Revis Island where he's not going to get the the numbers or the box score statistics that Cam Resch might in terms of like the oh he'll get the deflections but like steals and blocks and stuff like that. But Cam Reddish is equally as good, if not I mean sorry, Bando's equally as good, if not better, because it's just straight lockdown. Go back and watch that uh that uh in season tournament final game against the Pacers. I thought Bando was spectacular. Go look at his performances against Steph in the playoffs. Luka Dantic last season uh in the regular season the 27 point comeback that is jerry vanderbilt so um we're gonna have a fun time here on the show tonight uh let's see b uh brad 
Brad B donated a Laker Nation membership. Appreciate you. Laker Nation membership program is where you can get exclusive access to great content, such as our weekly previews, our bonus podcast, our uh, weekly live shows, where some of you guys can potentially even hop on the show and talk with us. So yeah, let's uh, let's let, let's dive into here, and I want to start something. I want to start off with this, and RV kind of walks me right into the the, the first topic that I want to talk about, and that is the question is, hey Sean, do you think this starting lineup will be sustainable enough going forward? And right now, my answer is no. Although I am going to give some optimism. One, I thought there was there was still some like pretty decent stuff that they did. The biggest problem is that why Vando and Cam just doesn't work enough. I'm not even going to talk about the shooting. Like I feel like I'm beating a dead horse there by talking about the shooting. Is because Vando isn't a good enough finisher. Like Cam Reddish can legitimately finish the ball at the rim. Vando is not a good finisher, which really just tanks his offense value. He's not a good finisher, and. He's not a good shooter. Like, you got to be something for me offensively, right, in terms of scoring ability, especially playing next to LeBron, right? And another reason why I just don't buy this being completely sustainable, he scored 129 points. That's reason number one why I just don't buy it being all the way sustainable. But even if you look at some of the more, like, numbers or whatever, right? So let's take a look at the frequency, right? The Lakers this season, or tonight, rather, 37% of their shot attempts were at the rim. That's solid, right? Uh in the 69th percentile for the season for the Lakers, right? The Lakers, however, though, tonight, in terms of long mid-range jumpers, in the 81st percentile on the season, 12% of their shot attempts came from the mid-range, from long mid-range. 32% of their shots came from mid-range in general. That's just, I just don't see this number being, like, consistent, like, just being there, right? Or, like, being that high. And then also the fact that, you shot so well from the mid-range. You shot 55% in the mid-range tonight. For this Lakers team, that's just not, like, sustainable, right? Even, like, they, they took a, a bunch of corner threes. 13% of their shot attempts tonight came from the corner. This is a, a bad corner shooting team. And tonight, they shot 53.8% from the corner. Again, how sustainable is that, right? So when we talk about sustainability or whatever, now, what they can say is not sustainable is the Lakers' field goal percentage at the rim. They only shot 51% at the rim. That's not sustainable whatsoever. This team is, I mean, as, as you can see, we lose the sound panel early in the show. There, throw it. Um, 10th percentile in terms of finishing at the rim, right? So at, at some of this stuff, or a lot of this stuff, I would argue, just is it sustainable enough? It, it, the bad and the good? But like I said, there was there was enough that I thought the Lakers did well tonight. There was enough, right? And let's just go see where this Lakers team is at in general in the season. This is all per cleaning the glass. Uh, let's see. So shooting for uh, let's start. We want to go with the team here first. So shooting frequency, right? And let's go to game logs. So tonight's game hasn't fully been logged, but shooting frequency. The number one game was the last game in terms of long mid-range jumpers was the last game against uh, against Minnesota, right? They have 16%, 16%, 14%. This game is going to rank slot in right in the top five in terms of uh, percentage of shots coming from the mid-range, right? 
This game is going to be right at the top in terms of percentage from the corner of shot attempts taken from the corner. And the top two, this might be number three, actually. If it's not number three, it's number four. The top two led to a blowout loss to Chicago and a loss to, a loss to Sacramento, right? The third is a ridiculous shooting game against the Pelicans. And then the fourth one is a blowout loss to the Thunder. So again, just how sustainable is it, right? I don't want to be negative, but I just think it's fair to have some question marks about some of the sustainability of it, right? I like that we've used, I like that we've used Vando as a uh, as a ball screen guy, especially in their double drag series. Like if the Lakers, this is a set that the Lakers have not used yet this season. Let me see if I could pull up my uh, my whiteboard really quickly. Because this was a popular set last season for the Lakers. And again, just for whatever reason, we have not seen the Lakers utilize it this season. So let me really quickly just gonna pull this up. And it is their double drag. It's their double drag uh, stagger screen set. All right. This is actually one of my high school team's favorite, most used sets. And one way the Lakers can can do this is by utilizing Bando not only as the first screener, as a, as a screener, but also utilize Bando as the off-ball screener. Hit, uh, say, well, obviously he's saying the stagger, right? But so let's mark this up here. So let's say Torian, let's put Torian off ball. And like, yeah, there we go. Right. And I'm actually going to swap this out. Swap this out and move this over here. One sec. Lost track. There we go. We're cool now. Sorry about that, chat. So we got TP in the corner. TP in the corner. Let's change his colors. Go purple, obviously, right? Let's go. We can go bronze. We can go bronze still, right? And as a matter of fact, I need to erase TP right here. So we're going to put TP in the Torian Prince in the right corner. We're going to put AR in the left corner. Or actually, as a matter of fact, I really liked what I saw tonight from Ruby Hachimura. So let's go Ruby in the corner, right? And this might be a, and let's just go RH for simplicity's sake. Maybe if I can draw. All right, RH, and then we got AD, and then we got Vando. So we want we want AD to be the first screener here, and we want Vando to be the second screener, right? So LeBron, get, we're going to change the color so we easily can diagnose as the ball screen coming. That's... Sheesh, that's a really dark color. Let's go. Uh, let's go like bright blue. So ball screen right here. Ball screen right here. LeBron's now gonna attack off of this. LeBron's gonna attack off of this screen, and you can have Rui go back door, and then you just have AD. Actually, no, we're gonna we're gonna make Rui stay put. We're gonna make Rui stay put. Rui stay put because the reason why we want Rui to stay put as Torian comes off this first screen. AD can slip to the basket, and Bando is still setting the screen for Torian, right? This is a really, really good way to, one, neutralize 
the fact that they just don't want to guard Vando, right? You don't want to guard Vando, the Lakers, literally, and this is part of the, my frustration with the Lakers coaching staff at times. When the Lakers decided last in, in the conference finals, when the Lakers decided in the conference finals, or sorry, not in the conference finals, so the conference semifinals, that, oh, hey, uh, we're not going to guard Gary Payne second. We're not going to guard Draymond Green, et cetera. We're not going to guard Kevon Looney, et cetera. What did Golden State shift to? They shifted to, okay, cool. You're not going to guard these guys. We're going to force you to guard these guys and set a billion ball screens. Like we literally saw Steph Curry, Gary Payne, the second ball screens at heavy usage in th- that second round, right? And I, and I have to go check some of the some of the data on uh, LeBron's. I'm sorry, not LeBron's. Like Jerry Vanderbilt screen like usage and and his uh, screen effectiveness, right? But I think this is a great way to one install a set that Chabby used this year, which was a popular one last year, and two neutralize partially some of the negative gravity that Jared Vanderbilt does have as an offensive player. This makes a ton of sense to me. Wish the Lakers would use this more. Really wish the Lakers would use this more. Okay, cool. Let's go back. Let's go back to the original graphic and we're gonna take that off now i hope that made sense in terms of the explanation and stuff like that all right but let's now let's talk about another popular question right now is why have we not seen our like d'angelo russell the the problem with d'angelo russell right with d'angelo russell this is last season last season with d'angelo russell the lakers had a thousand possessions i can multiply playoffs so that's cool lakers had a thousand possessions with d'angelo russell only two possessions or sorry only two a thousand lineups with two lineups with at least 100 possessions there we go sean only one only two were i, I just said that the popular one Delo, austin lebron vando anthony davis was a plus 22 to end point differential this lineup Scored 125.7 points per 100 possession, per 100 possessions. And this lineup was also really, really good defensively. This lineup only allowed 103.6 points per 100 possessions defensively. If you go to the playoffs, I'm curious to see where this number goes. In the playoffs last season with D'Lo on the floor, that same starting five did get a little bit worse. They dropped to uh, minus 2.5 points in uh, point differential, right? But defensively, they were still solid at 110.5 points per 100 possessions. The If you look at uh, groupings that had at least 30 possessions together, the number one lineup was Dennis, D'Lo, Ruri, LeBron, AD. Second was Dennis, Austin, Ruri, LeBron, AD. Uh, third, even Dennis, Dennis LeBron, no, Dennis Austin, D'Lo, Ruby AD. That was actually pretty solid defensively as well. Okay, so one, I think I don't want the coaches to have to get all the way discouraged. I, I do want to see them go back to that lineup with Bando to some degree, right? I, I don't know if you started, but I think you got to see it a little bit more. I think you got to see it more because this season. 
D'Lo on the floor, you have been kind of worse defensively, right? I, I don't think that's that's you know rocket science. Defensively, with D'Lo on the floor, you're allowing 113.5 points per possession. Offensively, you're only scoring 115.2 points per possession. So your net rating is only 1.8. The most popular lineup can't really even score. That lineup can can get stops, though. 107.7 points per possession allowed. Um, one sec. Let's uh let's uh get let, 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 let's get some of these uh trolls out of here. But the, the number one lineup again, D'Lo, Max, Torian, LeBron, AD, great stuff defensively. Even the next one, D'Lo, Cam, Torian, Ruby, AD does a good job. But a lot of these other lineups just really, really struggle with D'Lo on the floor. If you put D, if you take D'Lo off the floor though, so they were 113.5 points per possession with D'Lo on the floor defensively. You take D'Lo off. Offensively, this team does get worse, but defensively, 112 uh, points per 100 possessions. Their top couple of lineups, though, do a really good job at scoring the ball. Austin, Cam, Rui, LeBron, Jackson, Hayes. Uh, let, 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 let's see. Let's see. I want to take a look. We, let's take a look at lineups that include Austin, Austin, LeBron, AD. Austin, LeBron, All right. So all together, this group, this three-person grouping isn't playing that well. 115.8 points per possession allowed. Offensively, they, they can put the ball in the hole. D'Lo, Austin, Torian, LeBron, AD. Been a, pretty, been a pretty good grouping for this Lakers team, Right. I do see that we had a couple of super chats I do have to get to, but okay. And let's let's take D'Lo off the floor. Let's see. I forgot that. Take D'Lo off the floor. So these three, no D'Lo. The top one, top two even, are Austin, Cam, Torian, LeBron, AD. That group can't get stops, though. Austin, Torian, Rui, LeBron, AD. That group can't get stops. Uh, Austin, Rui, LeBron, Vando, AD is a massive lineup. Like, I, 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 I think, I, I think the Lakers for one just have to figure out lineups that contain Austin that can guard at a at a higher level, right? But I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I just don't think you can completely nuke Delo's minutes. Oh, let's see something here. Let me let me pull up all lineups with Vando. Pull up lineups with Vando. Guys, guys, any spamming or anything like that is get is gonna get the comment just completely erased. You're gonna get banned. So like let's 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 not do that. Okay, so Vando on the floor. The best lineups defensively, unfortunately, don't have that many minutes played together. 
the top lineup, D'Lo, Cam, Torian. D'Lo, for all the frustrating things that we do want to say about D'Lo, right? D'Lo is a valuable offensive player. Even though he only played 17 minutes tonight, D'Angelo Russell was fantastic off the bench, right? 15 points, uh, three assists off the bench, five of nine shoot, shooting from the floor, two of three from, from the line, three of six from three. He does provide a bunch of value. He just he does, right? But I think I think this is an outlier for him in terms of his minutes. Cause I think LeBron, I just don't want LeBron to play 37 minutes having to, to just burden the load of having to score 40 points. Now, granted, Anthony Davis was fin- was phenomenal tonight. I really like the idea of having AD bring the ball up the floor, especially if you're gonna run five out offense, right? If you're gonna run five out offense. One with two non-spacers on the floor. I like the idea of AD bringing the ball off the floor. One because you eliminate any uh, you eliminate any pre-catch help for AD because AD already has the ball in his hands, right? And you let AD initiate the offense a little bit more. You can go dribble handoff action. You can go uh, just easily get into a ball screen, right? There, it's just a little bit easier. I'm not gonna lie; it's a little bit easier to get into some of this offense with the organized offense for Anthony Davis as a playmaker or as a scorer, right? So that is something I'm pretty happy to see. Will AD have seven assists the whole year? Probably not, but I think this is somewhat encouraging. And the Lakers have good action, right? They really do. Can Jared Vanderbilt just be like? I need Vando to be one of these two things. We're going to get into a couple of super chats here and now we're spark plug of the night, but I need Vando to be one of these three things. I'm kind of taking shooting out of it at this point. One of these four things offensively that will keep him on the floor. One of these four, either one, he needs to be an elite offensive rebounder, like consistently elite. He has games. Like was it Indiana? It's been a couple of games randomly where Vando just turns into this elite offensive rebounder, right? That's number one. That's number one. But there's also games where Vando's just not good as an offensive rebounder. Tonight, he'll have one offensive rebound. That's number one. Number two, be an elite screener on and off the ball, right? You do that, you'll play on the floor, okay? Number two. Number three. Can you be an elite cutter? And this ties into number four, being elite, not even an elite, but can you be a good enough finisher at the rim? Jerry Vanderbilt. Let's take a look here. At the rim this season, he is shooting 40% at the rim this season. That's just not good enough, point blank. With the Lakers this season, or excuse me, with the Lakers last season, regular season and playoffs. Jared Vanderbilt shot 60% at the rim. That's solid. That's sol- I will give you that. But on layups, he shot 47% at the rim. That's just not good enough. 47% at the rim on layups, right? Then the number gets helped out because he was a 92% on dunks, right? So that's why this number, 60.3%, is a lot higher than it probably really is because, like I said, he subbed 50% on layups last season as a Laker, right? With the Jazz last season, he was actually a little bit of a better offensive player, right? He shot 68% at the rim with the Jazz, 95% on dunks, if that matters to you. He was 
a lot closer to 60% on layups last year with the Jazz. You go back to Minnesota. Uh, 61% once again, right? So I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the uh, some some jazz film from last season. See how they utilize Vando? Because if you can get him to be, and I'm and I'm with this sentiment here in the chat, dunker spot over the three-point line. Like if Vando can be that 60-whatever percent finisher at the rim, I will take that over the three-point shooting at this point. Sean Wright Davis. Yeah, I'm sorry. Force habit. I will take that over to three-point shooting at this current stage with the Lakers, right? There we go. Said it again. Like, give me the give me the cutting. Give me the finishing at the rim. Be the dunker spot or, again, the cutting. And give me off-ball screening or, I guess, I guess on-ball screening too. And I will forget the fact that he's a non-shooting threat. That's a lie. I will care about the shooting a lot less if this stuff wasn't a problem. I, I just would point blank. And let me see if I can find some Jared Vanderbilt data for you guys really quickly. Really, really looking here for Jared Vanderbilt uh, cutting and Jared, Jared Vanderbilt, not Jared Vanderbilt cutting. Well, I guess we could pull that by synergy. But Jared Vanderbilt finishing talent. This is B-ball index and Jared Vanderbilt screen talent and stuff like that. Like his ability is his screen points that he allows, right? Uh, so let me see if I can pull up here. Okay. Sorry about that. I think we uh, got disconnected briefly for a second, but I think we are all good now. One sec. Still loading it up on my on my end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, cool. We got it pulled up. Got it pulled up. So let's see. And we're going to find, let me pull my screen back up here. Uh, see what the chat looking like a Drake album cover right now. All right, we're good. We are we are back. So this is all part B ball index. Okay, shout out to to them. They do a bunch of great stuff. Okay. All right. So let let let's set up the parameters here for what we want. Right. We want. I want a specific player. Uh, filter by players. Search players. Jared Vanderbilt. We want seasons. We want the last. Let's go back to the last three seasons and let's see what we're looking for. We are looking for. Let me shift my mic over just a little bit here. With Vando, like I said, we are looking for finishing talent. We are looking for uh screen stuff, finishing and screen ability. Right. So let's actually look at offensive archetype. Let's take a look at see this three point shooting. Don't care. Don't care. We can take a look at this. Cuts are uh, just, just cut field goal percentage. All right. Rim field goal percentage, finishing talent, which is important. And then, uh, nope, that's not what we wanted. Now, rim shot making. No, I, I don't want that one either. All right, let's see. Let's scroll down really quickly, see if we can find a lot faster. Okay, and then we want Roman Impact, and then I will take Screening Talent. All right, let's pull this up. Jared Vanderbilt, let's go. Maybe. I don't know why it didn't work. Let's filter last season only then. Huh, that's weird. Why is this not working? Hmm, that's kind of awkward. Okay, anyway, we can at very least go back and see Jared Vanderbilt's cutting ability in Utah. So Jared Vanderbilt, he had 123 scoring possessions as a cutter last year in uh, in Utah. He shot 63.5% on cuts. Why are the Lakers not using this more? Okay, Maybe I'm missing something. It's just like completely rocket science. But let, I'm going to go back tonight even. I'm going to go watch some Jerry Vanderbilt film from Utah because some of this stuff makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, some of this stuff is, is, is wild. All right, let's get to some of these Super Chats. Let's get to these Super Chats. And let's get to these Super Chats and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the show there. We'll do, I'll do a, a, a show, maybe a bonus post-post-game show previewing the uh the Celtics matchup we're gonna wind down here though super dope hip-hop LeBron conserves energy on defense but his D this year is still good second on Lakers defensive rating defense rebound percentage 11th in defensive run shares 92nd percentile in defensive EPM 14th in DP uh PM and 16th in stocks yeah LeBron's been really good defensively this season right 
He doesn't always, and I didn't mean to show this, but screw it. He doesn't always ramp it up defensively. I think we know that, right? But LeBron James, when he is when he's locked in defensively, and I said this back last year, when LeBron is locked in defensively, he is a he is still a net positive defensive player. And anybody that tells me otherwise, I just question if you're watching basketball, right? If you look even at defensive LeBron, right, which is another way to, to quantify like how, how impactful you are defensively, we go find LeBron James. Hold on, wait, point seven. He's he is a pot. Anything above zero is really good, right? And I wish I, I could explain this better or whatever, right? I, I'm just not as qualified as the guys at B Ball Index explaining how it works. But out of 288 players, right? Uh 288 players, LeBron James is a top 85 defender in terms of defensive LeBron, right? And uh let's see, what other categories do they have for to to measure stuff like this dpm like you said uh d lebron box dpm ah great okay so that stuff does have it but so we can just we can just kind of take these off right but going back here if you look at the lakers The Lakers, in terms of defensive LeBron, they have the Lakers have one, two, three, somehow three in terms of Christian Wood. And we're going to drop this back so we can include everybody. The Lakers, in terms of impactful defensive players, they have one, two, three, four, five, six impact or positive defensive players. You have AD, Cam, Jackson, Christian, LeBron, Vando. Torian doesn't grade out as a positive defensive player, but that's because Cam Reddish has the toughest assignment most of the nights, even in games where Vando's playing. Right. But let, like this, like I said, LeBron has been great. And if you go to LeBron, the LeBron category on this season, right? LeBron is the seventh most he's the seventh most impactful player in the NBA. It's Jokic, it's Embiid, it's SGA, Giannis, Luka, AD, LeBron. There you have it. There are two top 10 players. I'm just going to zoom this in a little bit more so you guys can see. Didn't know it was that far zoomed out. Two top 7 players in the NBA in terms of impact. LeBron's a shot creator and a helper defensively. AD is a mobile big as a post scorer. AD in terms of defensive LeBron, it's a bunch of red. AD is the sixth best defensive player or sixth most impactful in air quotes defensive player. It's not a perfect stat, obviously. It's Rudy, it's Victor, it's Nick Claxon, Goga, and Chet, and then it's AD, right? And it's not, AD's not that far off. So that's a great question, or not even a great question, really more of a great comment. Uh, because I, I do agree. I think LeBron, come playoff time or in meaningful games, LeBron James can definitely ramp it up defensively. Patrick, post-post-game show. Let's go. My question is, do I have to worry about the Lakers trading for Levine, yet another non-shooter? 
No, I don't. I just, I, I think all the signs for one, Levine wants to go to Sacramento. That's why I think that's a big key to this whole thing. Cause I think although Levine is on an expiring contract or anything, I do think it matters that Levine prefers to go to a place like Sacramento. Um, I think too, the amount of salary you're going to have to give up. And I think the Lakers are kind of cool with the, experiment especially for a guy that has four years left on his deal is injury prone as hell and is another on ball dude like how like i, I don't know if this was trey young or donovan mitchell even that are as injury prone could take a huge playmaking burden trey young's re re regard off of lebron or donovan mitchell with his insane shot making and rim finishing ability cool we could give up that salary we could give up the draft compensation right but I'm not doing any of this stuff. There were like Austin D'Lo, JHS, J whatever the packages are, Rui D'Lo, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not doing none of that to go give me myself some Zach Levine. I think Zach's a fine player. I do. But I'm cool. I'm cool. I'd rather just rock this team out and see where we go from there. Appreciate the comment, though. And that is why I, I, I wouldn't worry about it personally. You'll hear it in the, in the rumor mill, but I, I severely doubt that the Lakers actually pulled the trigger. Holly Ford, one, D'Lo, JHS, Max was protected 2029, a couple of seconds for Caruso and Drummond. Two, Rui in one or two seconds for Dorian Finney-Smith to pick up a ball handling guard on the buyout market. CP3, why, is, why are Golden State waving? Are they going to put, are they going to buy out CP3? I've seen this comment like a few times in recent shows. Is that like a legitimate thing that has steam? I haven't heard anything. So maybe I've been living under rock. I've been like a little under the weather or like not feeling busy in general, just feeling weird. But uh, like, is that, is that something I just like completely just missed? Anywho, to address the other parts, D'Lo, JHS, Max Lewis protected 29 and a couple of first. Not going to lie. That's kind of a lot. I don't know. That's kind of a lot. Um, for Caruso and Drummond, I like the players we're getting back. I just don't know if you're able to justify JHS and Max Lewis. It's not even the first. It's like throwing me off. I think you're. I think you're gonna have to cough up a first for for AC. Per, I think you're gonna have to, which is also part of the reason why I've kind of just said eh, I'm kind of cool on AC. But I'm giving up the first, protected or not. And I'm giving up JHS. We dropped that pick 17. And I'm giving up Max Lewis, who I'm personally high on. That's kind of a lot. Rui in a one or two seconds for Dorian Finney Smith. Just give up D'Lo for Dorian Finney. Okay, I, I'll get a backtrack there. But Dorian Finney Smith would be a fun fit. It'd be a fun fit. Uh, let me look at Brooklyn's team really fast. Let me look at Brooklyn's team. Let me see. Let me see. Matchup difficulty. Defensive position versatility, defensive role versatility. And let me see. Three-point shot making. And I need one more. I'm looking for something else. Ah, perimeter defense. Perimeter defense. Okay, cool. We can uh we can rock this out for now. And I want Brooklyn. So in terms of LeBron, the oh geez, Dorian Finney-Smith is the least impactful player on the team. 
right? He So maybe a down year. I haven't paid attention to the Nets all that much. He has the second highest matchup difficulty, though. Defensive uh, positional versatility, second highest there, which is a good thing. Defensive role versatility, like how versatile is he in terms of role? He's third on the team. Three point shot making, or actually, let's let's go uh, let's go Z score. That's not what I meant. Let's go database grade. There we go. And let's again let's go back to uh, let's go back to Brooklyn. So F, but in all these other categories, he's pretty solid. B minus defensive role versatility, but A and plus and A plus. So he could definitely help out. Let's let me let me pull him up on synergy. Let's see if let's see if synergy is a little bit more kind to him. Dorian Finney Smith. His role is a, he's a spot up shooting wing. This season, well, let's go regular season and in-season tournament. He's shooting 45% on catch it on uh from three and 46% on uh on catch and shoot threes. He just isn't finishing at the rim well this season. So maybe that's why his his grade is so low, but I, I don't know. He's he's just a spot up guy. He's not getting much else. Yeah, they'll use him as a screener. Really, it's a pick and pop dude. And on pick and pops this season, he's shooting 50% from three on those. And then defensively, how's he grading out? Solid. Pretty solid, actually. He guards post-up actions and ISO stuff well. Oh, my God, the ball screen stuff. Dorian Finney-Smith, I am a fan of. I'm a fan of so we if, if Dorian Finney Smith's on the table, I don't I'm not quite sure if I if I'm trading Rui for him, but that is something I will be intrigued by. Laker Nation, thank you guys so so much for tuning in here to LakerNation.com post post game show. Uh we we did go pretty long here. We're gonna have I will have a bonus show. We'll just talk about and preview the Celtics matchup. And yeah, make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe here to the channel. Turn on those post notification bell so you don't miss that episode. And yeah, that's gonna do it. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore D A V I. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay safe. Merry Christmas, or you guys see me before Christmas, but happy holidays and peace out. See you guys soon. Later, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.